This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. Bajani and Creighton back with you at Sports Radio 610. Not sure what we would do without one Chris Santiago, but we're glad he's here, man. 713-572-4610. Trying to test me, man? Come Try, on. Trying to test... Well, I mean, if anything, it's an indictment on my ass because... I couldn't remember. I, I said, man, we're going to finish this conversation when we come back. And then five minutes later, I'm like, what the hell were we talking about? Someone's <laughs> developing early Alzheimer's. Oh, man. I just got a lot of stuff going on in my mind these days. In my mind. That's what happens, man. Sports. It's a lot. Sports and, uh, you know, damn thing about getting older and just having more stuff to worry about. It just gets me. On my money and my money on my mind. I wish I had my mind on my money. <laughs> Got no damn money to have my mind on. Uh, <laughs> it's a small problem. <laughs> small problems. Got my mind on my money that I don't have. <laughs> yeah. Issues. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show, hit us up, man. Final hour of the program. We still have a lot to get to. I do want to finish our conversation now that I can remember what the hell we were talking about. I mean, in in terms of you know scoping the rest of the division if you're able to steal a Michael Pittman if you're the Houston Texans and he's a guy that we haven't really that I personally haven't heard a lot of people talk about now I don't know if it's real uh realistic or not if it, that he leaves Indianapolis like if you're the Colts why would you why would you let Michael Pittman go why would you not re-sign a 26 27 year old proven very good wide receiver with your young, uh, highly drafted quarterback coming back healthy this next year. And who says they don't tag him? Possibility, 100%. Yeah, and I think that, I haven't heard that, but I mean, that has to be something considered. Contractually, I don't know what it looks like for Indianapolis. Um, It's easy for the team that has a little bit of money to spend that, that just coming off of the season that the Texans are, yeah, we can go get that guy. We can get this guy. We can get this guy. It all sounds good. We can have really good, productive conversations about it, but how realistic is it? Um, I don't know what's deeper. Is the free agent wide receiver market deeper for the Houston Texans liking or the draft? And I've kind of gone back and forth on this, and I've been a little bit more comfortable with continuing to draft young, talented wide receivers than I've been going out and overpaying even if they're on the younger side like a Michael Pittman would be or even a Calvin Ridley would be, um, just so long as you're going to go out and significantly upgrade the running back position. 
713-572-4610. Let's get out to uh, Bill joining us on Sports Radio 610. Bill, welcome to Area 45, man. How you doing? But okay. Um, I disagree with your comment that we backed into the playoffs. In Week 18, you have a three-way tie between Jacksonville, Houston, and Indianapolis. All three of us have a win-in-your-end game to end the season. And we're the team that won, that earned us the sixth seed, the wild-card spot. Now, when Jacksonville, the first-place team, turns around and loses to the last-place Titans, we end up with the AFC South title. So I'd agree we backed into the AFC South title. We earned that playoff game. You know, we, we earned the wild-card spot. We didn't back into the playoffs. That's that's all I got. Y'all have a good evening. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, I mean, look, Patrick, uh, you know, had a retort to that, too. And I, I just... I'm not looking at just the last week or the last two weeks. I know it came down to the nitty-gritty, and I felt like the Texans were fortunate to be in that position because of the games that they didn't take advantage of uh, leading up to that. You know, they lost some tough games. Look, they lost to Carolina. They lost to Atlanta. They lost to the Jets. Three games they had no business losing. Right, right. I mean, and the look, Jets game is the one that drives you crazy the, the most because all of a sudden, Zach Wilson is Aaron Rodgers. Like, where the hell did that come from? Sure. And like their offensive line decided we're not, we're just going to try to get CJ killed. We're going to find out how made out of rubber he is. Can he bounce? How many hits can he take before he, before he gets hurt? Yeah. Well, and he took the hit and he had to miss two games. And one of those games in which he was out, you got your teeth kicked in by the Cleveland Browns. Now, maybe not much you could have done about that. Um, even with CJ Stroud, who knows at the time, those are still two very good teams and you never know. It's any given Sunday type of thing. It's just, Again, the point that you just made that I was trying to make is you lost some tough games, games that you really had no business losing, especially in the fashion that you did. And that's why I say that Jets game, that weekend, the Jags lost. Like, the the division at that time was handed to you on a silver platter. The Colts lost, the Jags lost. All you had to do was take care of business on the road in New York, a game you were favored by, and you got your teeth kicked in. And that affected what you were going to do for one out of the next two weeks. Case one, you have a game the following week, but you lost, again, a bad one to the Cleveland Browns afterwards. And that's why I say maybe they kind of backed their way in. But I, I hear your point, fair. It, it, it's a week-to-week league, and when it came down to it the last couple of weeks, two divisional opponents, the Texans played their ass off, they did what they needed to do, and they won. They didn't like playing outside. They don't like playing outside. I, they don't like playing outside. They don't like Jets, playing outside in the cold. Ravens. How many teams do though? <laughs> Browns. Like they just they didn't show up for those games. No, they didn't. They they, they really didn't. Um, but I'm glad we got to the end point that we did. I mean, you feel really good about this organization going forward. That's really. I'll also tell you, I am happy the Texans took a conservative approach with C.J. Stroud's concussion. Yeah. I did not want to see them treat him the way the Dolphins treated Tua and three concussions in a year. Like I did not want to see that happen. Yeah, and I didn't Stroud. I don't think we really foresaw the Texans going the other route and and putting him out there. No, but there was a lot of chatter. There was. After he missed the first game. Okay, well he'll he'll miss a game, right? People seem to think concussion, you miss one game, you're fine. No concussions are not it's not they're like not created a bone equal. bruise where oh okay like every, it's just it's going to heal in a week mm-hmm. like if two two different guys suffer concussions they 
do not necessarily heal the same speed, the same exactly. way. And when CJ was saying, you know what, the lights are bothering me, he was not over the concussion, and he missed the second game. And there was a lot of just stupid talk about, well, why is he missing so much? Why, why, why is he missing two games? This other guy got a concussion. He only missed one game. Why is our quarterback missing two? Because the Texans were being smart with him. That's exactly. Why. They wanted to make sure he was really over that concussion before they put him back out there. I think after when he started having those secondary effects, there was some some you know research and digging into. Hey, he hit his ground his head on the ground hard the week before too. He went in the tent. Well, he went he on was, the ground. You remember he it was the quarterback sneak. And he went over like uh, the A or the B gap, whatever. And that linebacker had come in, and it, it didn't look like because there was so much traffic on the line of scrimmage. It looked like that they could have hit helmet but to they helmet. Sent him. That off. referee sent him out anyway, and, and then he, he came back, came back in. Out. He cleared the concussion protocol, but he had banged his head. I think through a before. damn seat on the right sideline too. The very next play, and then the very <laughs> next week, he slams his head off the turf, and it's like, well, you know that that helmet bang the week before probably didn't help. Yeah, so. The fact that they took the extra week to make sure he was really ready to go, I thought was a very smart and prudent move by the organization because look what the Jaguars did. They panicked. They were eight and three, or eight and four, mm-hmm. and you know, because they lost that game where where Lawrence hurts his ankle, and then the next week he hurts his shoulder, and then the next week he slams his head, and and then he has to miss one game. They win that one game. It was against Carolina. They go back to Lawrence, and and they lose again. They did not win another game the rest of the year with Trevor Lawrence after he suffered that ankle injury that they decided he was not going to miss a game for. When you can't walk off the damn field. That was against the Texans, right? Uh, next get, week. Okay, the next week. Uh, the Bengals? Bengals, yeah. If your quarterback can't walk off the damn field on his own, he shouldn't play the next week. And why they felt, well, we have to get him right back out there. He played compromise the rest of the year, and that led to multiple other injuries that he tried to play through. Little wonder why his play failed. Hey, they heard footsteps, baby. It was the Texans. They were coming at the time. You know, it makes you do some wild and crazy and dumb things uh, personnel-wise sometimes, and the Texans uh, were benefactors of that. 713-572-4610, you want to be involved in the program. I said some good news from the Texans today. Well, there was also some kind of bad news as well. Um, do you want the good or the bad first, PC? Bloody hell. Why does there have to be bad news? Well, we have enough bad news today with the Astros. Why do I need bad news in the text? Just just lay it on me. What's the bad news? It's not necessarily bad news, like you want to scoop your eyeballs out. Uh won't make your ears bleed, per se, but uh, the Texans are going to have a uh, position coach position to fill. Son of a... <laughs> it's not your offensive coordinator uh bobby slowick's here it's not your quarterback coach gerard johnson's here but they are going to need a new safety coach steven adagoki uh going to be joining michigan's staff he's going to be a wolverine again he was once before he coached for him back in 2021 uh now adagoki is going to join you know who their dc is up there i haven't heard this name in a few years wink martindale is the uh, D.C. for the Michigan Wolverines. They got a lot of new coaches up there since Jim Harbaugh left and took a handful of guys with him. just to, uh, left the Giants because he couldn't get along with Dayball. Yeah, okay, so that's that's what he was with the Giants? Yeah, but, they just left this year. Like There was like a big fight between him and the head coach. He left. Okay, I, yeah, but I, I hadn't heard the name in a handful of years, I feel like. 
Uh, Martindale's a DC, and uh, Sharon Moore took over in the interim when Harbaugh was suspended this past season. He is now their new head coach, so he joins that crew up there. Sharon Moore is going to have to learn how to do a press conference without dropping cuss words. And yeah, maybe crying too. Um, he's a very emotional individual. He can go one way or the other. Uh, so that's that's the kind of bad news. Look, I don't mind losing those kind of guys. When you're really good, uh, you're going to lose good position coaches. Uh, just so long as dudes like Slowick and Gerard Johnson and uh, Frank Ross, I'll throw Frank Ross in there. Those guys don't go anywhere Dude, in the early going. Their special teams are friggin' good, man. Yep, again, looking to do it for a fourth straight year under Frank Ross. Uh, now the good news, and this is a process, but it's at least one step. Uh, I think we mentioned this. You brought it up last night uh, during our show uh, that there was going to be a uh, ruling today. Well, in fact, there was in the courts. A Houston judge ruled in favor of Texans owner Janice McNair. Yes! Denying her oldest son's carry request for an independent medical exam to determine her mental capacity. Suck it, Carrie! Carrie was seeking, and I guess you could still say is seeking guardianship, uh, with his attorneys arguing that a stroke uh, that was suffered by Miss McNair back in January of 2022 uh, left her mentally incapacitated with limited ability to conduct business. Uh, Cal McNair and his mom... Do you think if I walked up to Cal... And hit him with a two-hand shove and said, Cal, get the tables! He would know what I meant. Yes. Yes! Yes! I think so. Yes! I think so. (laughs) I absolutely think so. Cal and his mom, Janice, uh, and their attorneys argue that she already had undergone examinations by two doctors. Uh, Miss McNair's attorneys are expected to ask uh, the judge to dismiss the probate case. So I guess that is the uh, next thing that we're awaiting and you know how these things go. I feel like um, I feel like I read something a little like just this week at some point in time that ever since Bob McNair passed away, um, which man I feel like has been a little while now. Is it going on ten years? Has it been that long um, since he passed away? That Carrie's kind of there have been rumblings within the family that he was going to do what he could to try and take over. Um, so Bob ownership. McNair uh, passed it, away November 2018. Okay. November, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. So it's been that so it's six five, years. Five years. Almost, yeah. Yeah. Five and change, right? Okay. Yeah, I didn't think it had been that long. But the COVID time warp is a thing for me, man. Uh, feels a lot longer than that for me. I was actually on air doing the show when he passed away. Um, but this doesn't feel like that because of this ruling. This dude's going to go away. But I have a good feeling that there's not going to be much to come uh, by way of affecting this organization from Kerry. Is that fair to say? I mean, these things can get very complicated in the courts, but you you start winning these battles and you stack them, you're going to end up winning the war. This is at least a good sign and a good trend in towards that direction. Without the all these extra independent tests that he's... The fact that, you know, Janice McNair's doctors have testified in her favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of a crippling blow to Carrie trying to usurp the family fortune from Janice McNair. Mm-hmm. This this was, it's, it's not, you know, the final victory, but it's essentially the death now. He is not going to win. For, for everything 
that if you follow, you know, how the how the case works and uh, what's been going on, what's been testified, mm-hmm. without this, he's got no leg to stand on. This was the death knell. This is what's going to keep the Texans with Mrs. McNair and with Cal. He's Patrick Grayton, Sean Bajani, Area 45. When we come back, you're on or off. It's bandwagon time. Stay there at Sports Radio 610. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, he's been off the wagon two years. Off the wagon? I think it's off the wagon. I think it's on the wagon. You're back on the wagon. Right off the wagon. What the hell do you know about wagon? I know enough not to get on. Told you. There's lots of. All right, it's time to get on or get off. Let's play the bandwagon. Sean, NFL kickoffs have basically become a waste of time. I don't say. Damn near every one of them goes <laughs> flying out the back of the end zone. There's almost never a return. The UFL, formerly XFL, had a really cool rule when it came to kickoffs to A, be safer in collisions, and B, force returns. So what the XFL did last year, what the UFL will do this year, is they line up 10 guys. So... Everybody but the kicker on the kicking team. Mm -hmm. Everybody but the lone return man on the receiving team. And they line up on the receiving team's 30 and 35-yard line. Okay. Nobody's allowed to move until the return man has caught the football. Interesting. And then at that point, everything takes off. So there's always a return. Hold on. The kicking team is lined up on their own 35? The kicking team is on. No, they're on the return team's 35. So the two walls of 10 players oh. are five yards apart, Lord, but they're okay. not allowed to move okay, okay. until the kick, until the ball's caught. Yeah, okay. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so a lot more returns. There are penalties for not kicking the ball in the return spot between, like, the 30 and the Yeah, it's got to be in a box, basically, yeah. where they can catch it and If you kick return. it out of bounds, the ball goes forward to, like, the, 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 the plus 40. Uh, oh, the plus 40. Yeah, if you kick it out of bounds, it's on the plus Jeez. 40. Jeez, okay. Yeah. But just the idea of instead of having guys, you know, everybody's you know running at full speed and having these massive high-impact collisions, uh, and now that's become moot because there are no more collisions because there's no more returns. This forces, like, returns are still exciting. This forces returns and takes away the super high-speed impact collisions. Mm-hmm. Um. But the, uh, the hot rumor is that there will not be enough votes to pass that rule for the NFL for this year. The NFL needs to adopt the XFL kickoff rule. Are you on or off the bandwagon? How long has the uh, XFL slash UF, USFL been doing this? Uh, like, has that been like a rule for kickoff since that? came into existence. It's, 
it was definitely a rule last year because I covered the team last year. The it only was definitely a rule last reason year. why I ask is because and there were kickoff return touchdowns. Like there, there were. It, there was yeah. A lot of I mean, I could totally see it. Like I, I understand the logic. It makes really, really good sense to me. The reason why they're probably thirty-five and thirty on the kick return team side is because that's generally where most of the contact happens in coverage. So why not start there? And I'm asking because the NFL is probably looking at this as we need a much larger sample size to gauge, you know, whether or not this is in fact safer for our players or not. So they need to see this at another lower level for maybe another couple of years. Um, Am I on or off that the NFL should adopt this? I'm absolutely on. I love it because kick returns are always going to be exciting. They're always exciting. The fact that we get it like maybe less than 10% of the time in the NFL is pretty ridiculous. I mean, considering that one of the greatest return men just went into the hall in Devin Hester, um, I mean, hell, are you going to have another one? If you play a position on a team in a sport and you are the best at it, you should be recognized for it. And the fact that the NFL is basically trying to do away with that um, I've never liked it. So, yeah, I'm on that bandwagon. They need to adopt it. Yeah, I'm on, too. Um, I'm tired of seeing these kickers basically have a battle between each other or, or who can kick it, you know, the furthest. Um, I want to see some some excited returns, kind of like uh, what Damian Pierce did against the Cleveland Browns. Who was, that, who was that dude, Butker, for uh, Harrison the Harrison Butker, yeah. I mean, that sucker was hitting the damn uprights Doinks. almost every other kickoff. Yeah. That was crazy. It's just a battle between them, the kickers. So, yeah, I definitely want them to, to – um, do the same thing. You as agree the, with me, though? Do you think the NFL is going to be waiting for another couple of years? Because there's rule changes every single offseason. This is probably going to be considered every offseason until it's not, until it's adopted. I have to believe that it probably will be at some point if, in fact, it shows that it's going to be a much safer yet ex- more exciting product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's going to take time. You know how the NFL is. Yeah. You know how they Need are. their data. Yep. For a league that sometimes can't figure out what a catch is and can't figure out what a tackle is uh, and doesn't always know what is in and out of bounds, they need to adopt this rule now. We don't need another season of, and it goes out of the end zone for a touchback. Yeah. And it goes out of the end zone for a touchback. We don't need another season of that. Sounds like you're going to get it, though. What percentage, by the way, do you need to get of the vote for it to pass? Is it 24 like- 24-32. Okay. Interesting. All right, number two. Matt Corral, former Ole Miss star quarterback, uh, who was going to be a first-round pick mm-hmm. before he tore his knee in the bowl game the year that he came out, wound up being a third-round pick uh, two years ago. Um, missed the season because of injury. Then this year got replaced by Bryce Young, who was taken number one overall. Matt Corral is signing with the Birmingham Stallions of the UFL. Once upon a time, Tommy Maddox played in the first XFL. Former Steeler? And then went to the Steelers yeah. and became got himself paid, became a pretty good quarterback for a while. More quarterbacks should take the UFL route to get back into uh, the NFL, are you on or off the bandwagon? P.J. Walker did that as well, right? Yeah, he did. Um, you know, 
I would like to say yes. And the reason why I say that that way is I feel like there needs to be a legitimate buffer between college and the NFL. Just another option that a league like the UFL is generating NFL-type perspective talent that the college game, um, you know, is, but maybe not at the level um, that it should be. Maybe one day it it improves, you know, once we get these power conferences and the alignment all kind of figured out. Um, I think we'd make the draft a little less of a crapshoot in that regard. But, yeah, I mean, I would like to see a developmental buffer between college and NFL. But because it's not that way now, I wouldn't advise it. I wouldn't advise it right now. I would maybe actually advise to, uh, you know, stay in the collegiate game for a little bit longer and develop there before you make the jump to the NFL. So I'm off that bandwagon. I'm on, actually. Um, Sometimes, you know, these guys come in and they're not ready for the NFL. Right. So why not go down maybe a league and, and prepare yourself? And see what happens. I mean, like you said, we saw P.J. Walker do it, and look what happened. He but I, I just don't think it's a true developmental league right now. Like, maybe it's getting better. Maybe it's better now It'll probably today than it was three, four, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably trending in a better direction. I just – that's why I'll, I'll one day maybe be on that bandwagon if the NFL actually treats it like a legitimate developmentary, um, you know, buffer. Kind of like the G League? Yeah, 100%. Well, I'm on it, though. I'm on, I'm on the bandwagon for sure. I'm on it, too. I mean, you think about Matt Corral. Again, this is a guy who was going to be a first-round pick before he tears his knee in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Then he suffers a Liz Frank injury his rookie season and misses the whole year. Team gives up on him right away. Uh, they take Bryce Young. They they don't even trade him. They waive him. You want to talk about, like, franchise malpractice. They just waive him. He gets picked up by the Patriots. And for all the quarterback issues the Patriots had, uh, mm. they waived him like a week later. Then they signed him to the practice squad. Is there health issues? Like, they worried about, like, his medical charts or something? Well, like, that would be the most legitimate explanation for that. They played Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. You're telling I me know. that, you know, you couldn't give Matt Corral a chance? Uh but now he's he's with the Birmingham Stallions, and I mean, look, talent-wise, he's probably the most talented guy in the league. So I hope he winds up having a great season and gets himself back in the NFL, and I hope more guys in the NFL see the UFL as a chance to kind of resurrect their career. That's really the whole, like, if you talk to anybody who's involved with the UFL, they're all going to tell you, our goal is to not have the same guys back the next year. Mm-hmm. They want those sure. guys to go up to the NFL and then get a fresh batch of guys the next year. So I hope this works out for him. I hope it works out for the league. I'm definitely on that bandwagon. One day I will be, I think. Number three, uh, Texas AD Chris Del Conte said Texas will play Texas A&M annually in football going forward and that his hope quote is to move it back to Thursday of Thanksgiving week Hmm. well you know where we're going 
This should be a Thanksgiving tradition. UT versus AM. Are you on or off the bandwagon? The last time they played was when? Is it more than a decade? It's been a while. I want to say it's the year before I came down. All right. That was going to say 2011. You can uh, 2011, 2012, because you came in 2013, right? It's yes. been a minute. Um, and it's that rivalry is gonna pick up right where it left off because it just it just will. It was one of the best. So yeah, can you get better than Texas and Texas AM on Thanksgiving, you said? Their last game, November 24th, 2011. 2011. In a game UT won by two. There you go. There you go. Now, they haven't always been that way, but it's a damn good rivalry. Um, and you said Thanksgiving, correct? Thanksgiving. Book it. Get it done. Do it. I mean, the, they're going to blow the internet up. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Two SEC schools now? Um, 100% sign me up on that one. Yeah, I'm on it too. I mean, two rivalries like that, UT, A&M, you know how, much, how many views they're going to have? That's yeah, cool. And it's great. It's it's a great Thanksgiving Day product, mm-hmm. and it's just something else. The NFL is probably going to hate the hell out of that um, because it's taking eyeballs off of that product. But, you know, for the viewer, like, how many great Thanksgiving Day games can you recall, honestly, just even in the last five years? You go a little beyond. I remember the Texans Every and time Lions the Cowboys one, lose, it's a great friggin' game. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. But I, I'm all for it, just because of variety, and it's a long-standing that was a since-paused traditional game. So yes, hundred percent on that one. I am off this bandwagon. What? Thursday, I already have the game in the Lions, and then I have the Cowboys, and then I have like a marquee matchup at night. I do not want Texas and Texas A&M competing with the NFL on Thanksgiving where they're going to get buried. Give me this game on Friday when they're the only game. I I mean that's fair, but I don't I think buried's too strong because the NFL kind of buries itself. Like yeah, people have it on in the background, but outside of those fan bases, the the lines are a little bit different now. It's just you don't get great games on Thanksgiving. It's still the NFL and the NFL is king. Yeah. And this is a very Texas regional game. It will get buried. The day after. Leftovers. But having it the very next day, Friday, 1 o'clock kickoff. It's the only damn game. Everybody's off that Friday anyway. All right. Give me that. Make it the national game. All right. Hold on. Slow down. Let me hop off of that sucker. I'll be right there with you. I'm I'm Friday now. You've talked to me into it. Now you're getting on. Not convert, baby. (laughs) I'll, I'll join you on Friday, my man. All right, and I believe we are out of time for the rest of this bandwagon. All right, that's the bandwagon. Coming up next, final segment of the program. It's been a few days since Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, but I have one question for you that I'm going to answer when we return. Do you really think you know what you just saw? That's next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bishani and Creighton. All right, final segment of the program. It's Area 45. Appreciate you joining us. You've been on Twitch, YouTube. Tell your friends. You can watch us and every uh, show on Sports Radio 610 all day long. 
Uh, get involved in the chat. Call, text, 713-572-4610. Phone lines always open for you. Uh, we got this one on the 281 via the text line. That Thanksgiving game was always the best for me. Half the family went to A&M, and the other half went to UT. I went to U of H, so I got to pick whichever was losing. A family tradition I really miss, LOL, said somebody from the 281. That got me thinking, man. My very first football game that I ever went to was on Thanksgiving Day, um, and it was Texas and Rice. (laughs) It had to be like 88, 90, something like that. I was... I feel like it had to be 90. I was like eight years old. And I know Rice lost, but they didn't necessarily get their teeth kicked in. But I I, I do remember them losing. I was going to ask you, did Rice get their asses kicked? It, I looked up the score. It was 26 to 10. That feels about right, but that wasn't on Thanksgiving. So I maybe it wasn't. No, maybe it wasn't. It was a, there was there was a Rice football game on Thanksgiving. I remember distinctly my uncle tanking me too, and the family just raised absolute holy hell about it because I'm missing Thanksgiving. We'll be back for dinner. Calm down. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, man. Thanksgiving Day, if you got the opportunity, especially a game um, that your family's tied to, that's cool. I'm with you, though. You want your team to get the most eyeballs. You want it to be the biggest event. I still kind of feel like for those fan bases, Texas and A&M, you would still have that feeling if it was on Thanksgiving. But I'm all with you that Friday, there would be no doubt about it, and you wouldn't have to compete with the NFL to any degree. Maybe I feel different if I grew up with A&M in Texas or if I went to A&M or Texas. I think you would, yeah. But as somebody who you know is an adopted Texan, coming from a part of the country where the only college football that mattered was Notre Dame, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I... I my, my attachment to the NFL is much greater than my attachment to regional football. And as much as, you know, being down here now almost 11 years, I've got a, a different, you know, modicum of, of attachment to regional football. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still going to take a backseat to the NFL for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's absolutely fair. Um, I wanted to get to this real quick. Dan Katz from the Pardon My Take podcast. Uh, with PFT commenter on uh, Barstool Sports. He's not dead, is he? He's not dead. Okay. No. That's important. He's not dead. Don't want him to be dead. But I don't know. I almost fell out of my chair earlier when I read this stat. He put this up on Twitter today. Since 2001, there have been 125 drives in the NFL postseason where it was at least the fourth quarter There was under a minute left to play, and the team on offense trailed by seven points or fewer at the start. These are your standard clutch moments for a football team. The do-or-die drives that win and lose critical games. Out of those 125 drives since 2001, only 40% of them saw the team on offense pull off the magic trick, and get the points they needed. That's crazy, right? Because we have this thing in our minds, like quarter, you know, teams who have the ball, last two minutes, chance to win with a field goal. Or whatnot. Like, we almost, oh, the offense is definitely going to win. And here the numbers say that they don't. 60% of the time they lose. 60% of the time they lose. Out of 125 drives since 2001, there's more. It's a lot of Davis Mills drives. Some quarterbacks are pretty good at it, such as Tom Brady, 
who went 5 for 11, 46% success percentage. Yeah, you can't do it against the Giants. Or Drew Brees, who went 3 for 6, 50%. Only Patrick Mahomes is 7 for 7 or perfect in those dire situations. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible, man. That is incredible. I, I saw that stat, and I'm like, you know, yeah. I mean, I remember me seeing all of that, and I remember me believing that anytime Patrick Mahomes has a ball in his hands with a chance to go win it and not give it back, he's going to come through. There's a reason why last week before the Super Bowl, we said, we're not betting against Pat Mahomes. We break the damn game down any way you want to. Talk all the ish you want about San Francisco and – uh, how much of a believer you should be in Brock Purdy, how much of a believer you should be in Kyle Shanahan, that he finally gets over the hump, that he's not going to blow a lead, that he's going to get the job done. And cool, you almost did it. You got points late, but you gave Patrick freaking Mahomes an opportunity in overtime to steal the game again. Unless his entire offensive line is hurt, I'm betting on Patrick Mahomes. You cannot Against not bet on Patrick Mahomes. That's incredible, man. Incredible stat. Um, we got a little time for this. The trade, the blockbuster trade that did not happen. Dude, I saw this this morning, and I was like, oh, social media is going to explode over this. It And they did not disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you imagine how much it would have exploded if, in fact, it would have happened? There was a report on ESPN, that Golden State owner Joe Lacob reached out to Lakers owner Jeannie Buss to inquire whether or not LeBron James and his apparent public frustration could be interpreted as an opening to discuss a trade. Yeah, LeBron was putting those cryptic tweets out with the hourglass. Yeah. Yeah. Buss told Lacob the Lakers had no desire to trade James, but that he would need to seek the answer on James's state of mind from his agent of Clutch Sports, the CEO, Rich Paul. That according think, to sources. Think about how crazy that is. Jeannie Buss told Joe Lacob, if you want to know if LeBron wants to be traded to you, go call Rich Paul. Like, she told the owner of another team, go talk to my player's agent. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, especially knowing everything that you know about Jeannie Buss. Did you just watch the documentary on her? It was on Netflix. How going from you know legendary players like Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant, you know, under her watch, and now LeBron James. She's trying to bring back the Lakers and the whole thing. That she would like actually entertain the idea of letting him go. That's interesting. Draymond Green apparently who was also represented by Rich Paul, attempted to goad Paul into convincing James to consider a deal getting done, to enforce a trade. The Quasi-tampering? Yeah, quasi-tampering. The Lakers and Warriors are ninth and 10th, might I remind you, uh, respectively in the Western Conference standings. That, to me, was kind of like a, another story within the story that... You're talking about a team that is in the ninth seed right now making a deal with the 10th seeded Warriors and having the opportunity of LeBron James and Steph Curry to play together and try to build a championship contender, presumably for this year, from the 10th seed. Your team 
isn't very good. <laughs> and our team isn't very good. But if you sell us your star player, we could win a title. <laughs> How many draft picks, right? I mean, think about that. Like, If the Lakers had actually traded LeBron, the monster, like they would own every first round pick from Golden State for like the next eight years. Oh my They'd God. They'd own four know. outright. They'd have four swaps. They'd probably get two, like even at 39. LeBron's price tag, like what it would cost to buy him in a trade, mm-hmm. would be all the picks. Even still today, the all time scoring leader in NBA history. All yeah. the picks. Here's the thing that immediately came to my mind. How would his legacy be tarnished if, in fact, he basically pulled a Kevin Durant? Spray-painted green and orange. <laughs> Literally. See, for, for all of this, and, you know, if, if you had put LeBron and Steph on the same team, you do not want to play them come May. But I am really glad that LeBron actually showed some stones, and said, no, I'm not going to bail on my team. That's That basically stinks because I tried to play GM on it. Uh, I'm not going to bail on my team so I could go try to get a freebie ring playing with a guy who has denied me, what, three rings, four rings? Mm-hmm. You know, play. With, I'm going to go against my biggest rival. I'm going to join that guy on his team. There was no way LeBron's ego was letting him go, I'm going to go join Steph's team. Right. Maybe if Steph was going to come to the Lakers, because you're going to come to my I, team, but there was no way he was going to go to Steph's team. Yeah, Steph ain't going anywhere. He's not leaving Golden State. But yeah, I still think if that would have happened, that would have been met with all kinds of uh, absolute hell kind of criticism for LeBron James. Uh, that's going to do it for our show tonight. Appreciate what? you joining us. I know, man. It's time Again? already. Again. Again, we get to do it all over once more tomorrow, Thursday. Right? It's tomorrow, Thursday? Yeah, I think so. Dude, I cannot wait for baseball season to get here. So it's here. So go to 11. It's here. Well, that's coming around the pipe. That's coming around the pipe. We will be on to 11 o'clock with your Houston postgame show come Astro season. So we'll have it for you right here on Area 45 Sports Radio 610 when games begin to be played. March 28th, opening day. Game one of four against the New York Yankees. We'll have it. All the reaction for you on Sports Radio 610. For Chris Santiago, he is Patrick Creighton. I'm Sean Bajani. Have a great rest of your evening. It's town! Tell me you don't know jack squat about baseball by sending a text, brother. All right? I know this is the Texan station, and we talk a lot of Texans here. Okay? But if you knew anything about me, you know I'm the baseball guy. And they didn't bring me in here because, well, I'm not the baseball guy. I get to work with another baseball guy. Let me educate you since apparently you've never been to school. Why are we making a big deal about Verlander? Because he's 41, stupid. That's why. You're an idiot. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 